Hey friends, I wanted to come on today and talk to you about some different ways to make the Stepping Stones curriculum by Tina Hargaden or the Curriculum Club curriculum, um, how to make it work with elementary level students. Now I don't have all the answers and I'm not going to be able to address all of your questions, but I did come up with three ways that I modify or work with this curriculum and have a lot of success with it in my fifth grade classes and that my colleague uses it in her third and fourth grade classes as well. So the first thing I wanted to share is if you're not sure what the Stepping Stones curriculum is, it is a curriculum that is focused on comprehensible input for your language classes that focuses around literacy, so a lot of reading and writing. It incorporates a daily framework that adds routine but also novelty at the same time to your classes and it also focuses instead of specific language phrases like there's not specific words necessarily that the students are expected to master but it is a literacy topic or a language function for example description or narration or describing preferences, describing places, things like that, and that students will be able to use language to do those functions of the language. I hope that makes sense. If you're still confused, I apologize. I also want to reference my other podcast episode from way at the beginning of my podcast over a year ago that's titled Cycles and Phases of What? The Moon, um, where I go into the the what and why behind the Stepping Stones Curriculum Club curriculum a little more in depth. They are releasing, CI Liftoff is releasing a free year of this curriculum on Teachers Pay Teachers if you go to their store um, so you can check it out there for yourself. So that's what I'm going to address today. Number one, to make the Stepping Stones um, approach and using the daily framework for your lessons in your elementary classes, the first challenge that we often hear is the length of my classes. My classes are only 30 minutes or I only have you know, 20 minutes with them, or everything takes us a long time and I can't fit every part of the daily framework into one class period, so what, what, how can I make that work? So you could break up the framework into two days um, where you would do, for example, maybe the reading workshop, maybe your guided oral input and your write and discuss on one day, and then on the second day you bring your write and discuss as your reading workshop text, maybe you expand on your, um, your guided oral input a little more, or you do a new guided oral input that's, around, that's similar, and then you add to write and discuss, or you read through it, or you do your application and assessment strategies. There's a lot of ways to kind of mix and match the parts of the framework and to reuse content because especially at the younger levels, they need, I mean, all students need repetition, but um, the little guys really do need a lot of repetition um, in their language learning, especially since their literacy skills might not quite be there in their first language as it is, and you can support their literacy in your, your language classes. The other thing I found is to really simplify what your doing in your classes. So I have 45 minute classes with my fifth graders this year and I have been using the daily framework with them and I would say that I can get through it in a, in a good 30 minutes by 
having a student who watches the clock for me or times me um, tells me I give them a time. For example, this morning I'll tell the student to stop me at 9.20. That's for when I'm done with my guided oral input, and that's when I know I need to move on to the next part of the framework. For write and discuss with the younger students, you might only do a couple of sentences, which won't take you quite as long. Um, and so by shortening what you do in each part of the framework, you can shorten the whole framework in all. And as far as what's provided in the Padlets for the curriculum, I'm not using a ton of those pieces because my students are in person, so I don't have to use the technology with them. And also because some of those readings and things are a little more advanced than where my students are at. So I choose to use the texts that we create in class together during Write and Discuss, and I will bring those back for reading workshop and utilize those things. I also will give students um, a lot of quick quizzes on small pieces of paper, and they grade them, and then they just hold them up for me, and I take a grade on the score there. Instead of using the Google Form, sometimes the technology can trip them up. So there's modifications that can be made there as well. As far as um, adaptations or modifications you might want to make for students that are pre-literate, so if you are really working with a population that's um, kindergarten, first grade, second grade, um, and maybe they don't quite have their, their, their skills of reading and writing in their first language, um, when it comes to write and discuss, I would really still write sentences with them, keep them short, so maybe you would, with your you know, fourth or fifth graders, maybe you would write a sentence that says, um, Axton likes bananas but doesn't like cheese. This is an actual sentence I wrote last week for my fifth grade class. And so maybe with your kindergarten, first grade or second grade students, you write number one, Axton likes bananas, and then you draw pictures or use gestures to support those words because they may not be able to read them. And as you point to each word, make sure you have a picture or a gesture to support their comprehension and understanding. This will slowly start to build their literacy skills in the target language. Um, and so I highly recommend you do that. Um, and then you do number two, Axton doesn't like cheese. Maybe you have like a thumbs down or you show the thumbs down gesture. Or maybe you have um, all of your students when you say doesn't like in the target language, they all put their thumbs down or likes and they all put their thumbs up. And then you have a picture of cheese or you draw a picture of it. Um, and so you can support their comprehension in those ways. And then that's all I would do, two sentences. And then as your students start to become more literate and they start to get the hang of everything, you can add more to it. One thing that my, my colleague has done in her third and fourth grade classes with using this curriculum is she has the students three times a week for um, only 30 minutes. And she has basically broken the framework up into three three days worth of content. So basically like one day she'll do... Um, She'll do work through like the reading workshop text that's included in the Padlet if it's age if it's content appropriate, um, and they will 
They'll do a lot of reading with it. They'll read through things together. They'll read through things kind of volleyball. She'll have them maybe answer questions about it. So really working with that text. And then the second day, she'll do the guided oral input and the write and discuss. And then the third day, she'll go back and do like the shared reading of the write and discuss and then some kind of application and assessment strategy. So there are ways to kind of make it work um, as long as you're still providing them with listening of the target language that they can understand, with writing it, with reading it, and getting that repetition in, you can make this work in all of your classes. The last thing that I'm going to touch on in this podcast episode is um, some modifications you might have to make with the content of the Padlets or how you can um, level down some of the content to work better with your students. I'm not saying that you can't use what's there with your students, but there are some lessons that aren't necessarily level appropriate to use with students younger than middle school. But that doesn't mean that you can't use the ideas and the framework and what's there and the curriculum concepts in your classes. So I'll give you some examples. For example, Cycle 1, Phase 1 is the very first full unit of the curriculum, and its focus is describing places. So for me, I really break down the lessons into just one piece per lesson. So one day... I did weather phrases. Then I pulled up pictures of different places around the world the second day, and we talked about what is the weather like in these pictures. That lesson isn't part of the Padlet curriculum, but I knew that if I could create a guided oral input where I can talk more about the weather and give them more repetitions, that that's going to help them with that content faster and help them acquire the language in order to describe the weather. You know, and then one day we talked just about feelings. We went through what all the feelings mean and I asked, you know, I did like a class survey, who's feeling happy, who's feeling sad, and that's it, what we did for one day. The next day I brought up the graphic that's on the, um, on the Padlet that has the different animals on the days of the week. And if you've explored the Padlet, you know what I'm talking about. It has the different animals on the days of the week with their different emotions, and we talked about how the animals are feeling. So I'm really stretching kind of the guided oral input into multiple days. And then, since we were talking about describing places and what there is and what there isn't, I brought back those pictures that we talked about the weather in, you know, and I had, for example, a picture of a beach with lots of people, and it's sunny and you can tell that it's warm. I brought a picture of our town Bringing in pictures they'll recognize of like places around the town is a really great way for them to get engaged in the content as well. So we brought in those pictures again, and instead of just focusing on the weather, now we focus about what there is or what there is not in the pictures. There are a lot of people. There is a lake. There are no birds. There are many plants. And that's all describing locations as well. So now we're hitting on, you know, what there is and isn't. We're hitting on weather. We're hitting on feelings. If there's people in the pictures, we talked about how those people were feeling. And we're really hitting on all of the pieces of the function of being able to describe places and describe a setting and describe what you could see and what there is and what there isn't. But I've broken it up into bite-sized pieces that are appropriate for the students. For example, when you get to cycle one, phase 
two, which is describing preferences, I had the students put together a very simple slide talk, which is I would do card talk in the, in the olden days, um, where I put a slide together and half the slide was titled, I like, the other half of the slide was titled, I don't like. I had my fifth graders insert a picture of what they like or what they don't like into the slide, a thing or an activity, and I had to be very specific about that. I said, no people, just things or activities, um, and one picture. And I've been, I've been using that for days now, where each day we'll talk about three or four student slides, and you know, with my older students, I might have breezed through some of them, but with my younger students, I'm talking about three to five slides per day. We write one sentence about each student during Write and Discuss, and my students are starting to feel really confident with the language functions of knowing how to say likes, um, loves, doesn't like, and hates. And that is the whole point of the cycle and the phase. And we haven't even gone into any of the, any of the Padlet materials yet. So when I bring in those other Padlet materials and I start to talk about more different vocabulary and start to bring in those phrases in other ways, they're going to be really familiar with them and they're going to feel confident about it. Same with when you get into cycle one, phase three. You know, there's two, two days worth of one-word images. I might do three one-word images with these students because they really love that activity. I might have them create individual characters and we might go through slides of pictures of their individual characters discussing them. That's probably what we'll do. And that way, instead of bringing in some of the content that is maybe not engaging or age level appropriate for them, we can still hit on physical description, personality description, describing people inside and out. We can still hit on all of those things, but in a context that is friendly for younger students. You could pull in pictures of different animals and talk about if they're big or they're small and their colors. Um, you could keep things very simple. You could pull in cartoon characters of shows that you know the students watch. You could pull in, and I like to do this one, um, if you know your students watch any kinds of superhero movies, you know, Marvel characters like Captain America or Harry Potter or whoever it might be that they know um, and discuss those people instead of maybe what's in the Padlet that's going to be a little more of a, a reach for their understanding and their background knowledge. And so I hope that with some of these modifications, with you know, making the length of your class work, making that framework work, even if you have to split it up into two or three days, with supporting their comprehension of your write and discuss and your written work by using gestures and images, and with being able to adapt the content while still focusing on the language function of the cycle and phase, that you can absolutely make this work in your elementary level classes in a way to provide them rich input to boost their acquisition of the target language.